Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for November 1st, 2023. Welcome to November. My name is Sean Tierney from Insights and Automation and this is a show where I cover what's new and happening in industrial automation and as we do every morning I'm going to look over here, check, make sure everything's working properly and uh, audio's working, everything looks good and uh, I got the chat up too so if you want to say hi uh, please feel free to and uh, I also want to, let's see here, switch to our screen and uh, just let you know that if you do enjoy this episode or this series of shows, please give us a like, a sub, and a share. That is the fuel that keeps us on the air. And I also want to say uh, thank you to the sponsor for today's show. We picked up a new sponsor. Siemens is having an integrated control panel event on November 7th. I will actually be there presenting. And uh, this is a virtual event. And so um, you can use the links on our website. Um, let me show you the links here over at automate.news. You can see the ads there to register and that'll let them know that you're coming from us. So that makes them, that lets them know that their advertising dollars actually generated some signups. So if you're interested in control panels, which I'm sure most of you are, you, you can see me, you can uh, see the agenda here. There's four different uh, uh, presentations going on uh, each hour, starting at nine in the morning and ending at three, I believe. And so my session will air twice. It's called uh, Trends in Industrial Automation. You can see it here at nine, and I believe it's also here at one. I'm going to try to be there both times to talk to people in the chat. But uh, if you're interested in any of these topics, basically anything to do with control panel solutions, I'm not talking PLCs and HMIs and IO, really talking about circuit breakers and all the other things you have, you know, condition monitoring and different things you would have in your control panel. So with that, I want to thank Siemens for sponsoring uh, this episode. From there, we go over to uh, a, a announcement, a press release from Siemens that they're partnering with Microsoft to drive cross-industry AI adoption. I thought this was very interesting, especially since we had a similar announcement from other vendors um, uh, earlier in the week and in previous weeks. So they're doing a lot of different things here, but I'm focusing in on one thing here in this announcement. I think we all know about their team center integration with, uh, with um, Microsoft Teams and whatnot. But um, one of the things they're talking about here is their industrial co-pilot. And they say that by leveraging Microsoft's OpenAI service, their industrial co-pilot will allow users to rapidly generate and optimize and debug complex automation code. So, and also simplify and shorten simulation time. So I'm really interested in that because if true, that could be very helpful, right? Kind of like, uh, you know, spell checking and, uh, you know, type ahead, uh, you know, suggestions in like a, a Microsoft Word is helpful. So in any case, be very interested to see how that works. And maybe we can get somebody who's an expert in this area to come on the show at some point. From there, we go over to a uh, press release from Rock Automation. They're talking about their new Factory Talk Energy Manager. Now, I, I looked through this. I didn't see a lot of details. I mean, it's, they basically say, hey, it tells you everything you need to know about energy, right? <laughs> but, um, like, I, was this energy matrix? Was this one of their old energy packages that's been upgraded? What is the integration like with other packages? They didn't really have that detail here or on the... Uh, the uh, page, the product page. So not that I saw. So interesting announcement. If you're using Rock Automation products and you need to manage your energy, who doesn't? 
um, you may want to ask your local uh, expert to come out and talk to you about this new product. From there, we go over to what I thought was a very interesting uh, press release from Yokogawa. This really ties in two things we're talking about. We always talk about industrial automation, right? But this also pulls in hydrogen and fuel cells. So uh, Yokogawa has signed a partnership to, uh, um, to grow hydrogen fuel cells in industrial applications. So I thought it was very interesting. Another interesting thing about this article is they talk about ammonia. Now, I don't know if we've talked about ammonia in the past on the show, but there's a lot of buzz about ammonia in um, renewable energy circles because ammonia can be burnt very cleanly, like 90% cleaner than any gasoline, right? And ammonia can be stored like gasoline. I'm, I'm being very generic here when I say these things. But in any case, um, people are seeing it as maybe a step to hydrogen. And we talked about hydrogen, internal combustion engines and fuel cells in the past. But I'm starting to see a lot more about ammonia as being another option. Granted, it's not healthy, just like gasoline's not healthy. But um, it's very hydrogen rich and burns, like I said, 90% cleaner than gasoline. So um, I just thought a very interesting story. If you're, into, if you're into fuel cells or hydrogen, you may want to check that out. We'll have more about that in, in, the, uh, in the science and technology section at the end of the show. But uh, from there, we go over to a press release from KUKA talking about their uh, robots being back in City Hall operating as marionettes for these puppets. So in any case, I thought this was a, a cool, heartwarming story. Um, you can see one of the puppets there. Although I know some people will get triggered by <laughs> creepy, creepy uh, marionettes, but um, these don't look too bad at all. But in any case, I thought it was a very uh, cool story. And uh, they've been doing this for, I don't know, 50 plus years or more. So uh, in any case, I wanted to share that with you this morning. Uh, from there, we go over to a press release from Devantech. And uh, they're talking about their expanded MIC7 fanless embedded systems. These are IPCs, right? And... Um, these latest units can uh, support uh, 12th and 13th gen uh, Intel Core processors, and they have that LGA 1700 uh, socket type. So we talked about that in a previous article, in a previous show, um, and so that's one of the newer uh, socket types for the latest and greatest generation of Intel Core chips and uh, CPUs. So I thought that was interesting. Congratulations to Advantech on releasing that. And from there, we go over the banner. They're highlighting today their WLB72 industrial strip light. Now, what I thought was interesting about this is that this particular light is used for inspections and it has these eye guards. So when you're doing the inspection, maybe it's the paint on a car, that uh, visually when you're looking at it, you're actually looking at the surface of the car. You don't have to worry about the glare from the actual light source. So I thought that was very interesting. I don't know how many of you out there would have to, who do that type of visual inspection on surfaces. But um, this is a, a product that was being highlighted over a banner, so I wanted to share it with you today. From there, we go over to what I thought is a very cool product from PNF. They have released their new Smart X03 5G smartphone that's rated for hazardous areas. So if you have a hazardous area and a lot of plants, the very large portions of the area are uh, designated hazardous, um, you could have use this smartphone. Now, they're really uh, promoting the fact that it was 100% developed in Europe. So you don't have to worry about some third party adding some backdoor into it because all the developers, it was completely developed in Europe. That said, and, and you may be laughing, like who does that? There's, if you, there are hundreds and hundreds of cases 
Um, the military finds it all the time because when the military tests stuff that they have to, they have to test every computer, they have to look at every, every circuit board that comes in, and they find all these uh, off-book components and, uh, you know, um, backdoors put into stuff all the time. So it's really not as outrageous as you would think. Um, but in any case, putting that aside, the one thing I want to say is um, don't buy this before you talk to PNF, right? Because um, cell phones that support 5G in Europe, they don't use all the same bands we do over here. So keep that in mind. You want to make sure that if you buy a 5G cell phone that was designed in Europe, that it's made for the American market and will work wherever you, wherever you live, right? So on the carrier you want to choose. So I just wanted to throw out that warning. But this thing looks really cool. I mean, it has Wi-Fi 6. It has all kinds of great features and functions. And so I definitely wanted to share that with you this morning. From there, we go over to another product announcement from PNF. And um, I didn't even know they had this line. It's a line of Modbus gateways. And uh, very interesting. And then I, I saw the side of the unit here. And they actually sent a sample in that we have on the wall here that's um, from their uh, Comtrol acquisition a few years ago, or maybe several years ago. But in any case, um, so they have this complete line of Modbus serial to Ethernet uh, gateways. And uh, very interesting. I was reading through some of this stuff, support for uh, OPC UA, MQTT, Modbus TCP. Uh, it just seemed like a very interesting product line that I didn't really know anything about before. So I wanted to share that with you this morning. You can see a picture if you're watching. You can see a picture of some of the different models there. So with that, and that's not all they have. The, the one they sent me was like an IO link gateway. So they got a whole complete line from Comtrol. Uh, from there, we go over to our featured product today. Today we're featuring the Siemens S7 1200 or 1500 course from school.com. This is a Ferro course. You buy it once, you own it forever, you get support forever. And um, I just wanted to point out that we do include our interviews with Siemens experts as bonuses, ad-free bonuses. So you can see we got a dozen different bonus lessons here. That's over 10 hours of bonus lessons. Just, you get it, just, you know, interviews with the experts from Siemens it, themselves. So you don't find any other uh, school doing that to that extent, actually interviewing the vendor, including those interviews as bonus lessons. From there, I want to go over to an article from the folks over at uh, Oriental Motor. And now at first look, you may say, you know, this is about semiconductors. That's a very small part of automation, right? Even though we have many large facilities, I know there's a couple nearby here, uh, very large facilities that make uh, chips, right? And I'm not talking potato chips. Um, but um, what I've always thought was that the, the processes used in making semiconductors, right? A lot of the automation on those systems can be used other places, right? So there's a lot of, uh, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, how important the HVAC system and the fans and the exhaust is, well, that's also important in tunnels, right? But even more appropriate is like if you look at food and beverage and consumer products, a lot of the motion products that you use in uh, handling wafers, you would also use in pick and place and other uh, applications in food and bev and consumer products. So here you can see they got a machining application, they got a transfer process, they got a loader unloader, right? So not too uh, atypical, I think. So I did want to include this article, even though it's about semiconductors and that is a smaller part of the overall automation picture. A lot of what they do in this industry is used in other industries as well. So from there, we go over to an article and I just, I, I smiled when I saw this one. This is an introduction to relays and from DigiKey. And I thought it was great. So if you have anybody who has nothing to do with controls and they're like, hey, you know, I want to start doing something at home. 
Or maybe you have a, a, a child or a grandchild or a niece or nephew who was doing something for a science fair. I thought this was a great primer on relays, just starting all the way at ground zero. Well, I guess basics of electricity would be ground zero. But in any case, uh, I still have fond memories of putting together my first transistor circuits back in college when, uh, back in the 80s. So, um, but in any case, I thought they did a good job. I thought they did a really good job with this article explaining the basics of relays. So from there, we go over to our featured guide for today. If you don't know, we have over 1,700 articles and video, videos completely free over at theautomationblog.com. Today, we're featuring one of our 14 free guides, the uh, S7-1500 guide. And you can see here, there's over well over 40 different videos and articles. You can tell the articles because they don't have an episode number at the end. So you can see here, um, you know, home sprinkler system, flashing lights. Um, here you see one encoded to high-speed counter. That is a video because it has an episode number at the end. But this is completely, completely free. So uh, check that out at theautomationblog.com. From there, we go over to, uh, are you looking for a job? If you are, CodeSys is hiring. And I'm not talking about in Europe. They're hiring right here in Beverly, Massachusetts, or over there in Beverly, Massachusetts, because we're on the other side of the state here in the Berkshires, um, currently anyways. So what are they hiring for? They're hiring a marketing communications specialist, as well as a software support engineer. So two very interesting um, openings over at CodeSys. They, every time I've talked with these guys, they're just great. They're just really likable people. So if you're looking for a job in either one of those two categories and you're kind of in the Northeast, you may want to check out those listings. Um, and I just so I just wanted to share it in case everybody is looking. I get a lot of people on LinkedIn saying, hey, do you know anybody's hiring? And what I typically do is I just end up saying, hey, post what kind of job you're looking for and I'll share it on my timeline with the with all my connections. And who knows, maybe you'll find something. I know a couple of people have found jobs that way, so thankfully. Um, from there, as far as events, we're highlighting our sponsor's event, November 7th from 9 to 3. You can come in and out again Many of those uh, uh, presentations are duplicated, so you don't have to schedule out the whole day to be there. But I would ask if you do sign up, either to watch it live or watch it after the fact, please use our link from either the automationblog.com or automate.news so they know that their advertising dollars with us. Uh, got them some registra uh, registrations. I'd really appreciate that. And with that, as far as software updates and downloads, we have a new S7, uh, I'm sorry, Step 7 V5.X hardware support package. So if you're using that, you may want to grab that. Um, as far as the automation podcast, uh, I haven't started editing it yet, but it's due out at 3.30 this afternoon. We have an excellent uh, presentation from Siemens on TI Portal in the cloud, as well as um, TI Portal subscription options and some other stuff we talked about. So John comes back on the show, tells us all about that stuff. And um, I think next week it will be Matt Toledo and the following week will be Red Lion. So um, we're, we're trying, we try to mix up all the vendors that we have on. We have, I think, recorded shows into January so far, but we're looking for vendors to come on in the new year. And we're looking for vendors who have $400,000 in their budget. I mean, these companies are billion-dollar companies, right? So, um, so we can just make, we want to make all future episodes of, in 2024, of the Automation Podcast ad-free. Um, and so uh, we're looking for vendors. If you know a vendor out there who wants to come on the show, let me know. Uh, with that, also, you may be saying, Sean, what's going on with the MD34A? Well, I'm almost done with the episode of the Automation Minute. We'll be uh, doing a uh, first look on it. 
I filmed the unboxing. I had to go back and redo some of those, that filming. And um, I, I got, I, it took, it, I mean, it takes a long time to set up a new computer. I totally underestimated how long it took, it, to, it would take to install TIA Portal and a Studio 5000 on there to do some testing. But I think I got almost everything done. After the show, after I edit the podcast and do the bumpers for that, I'll be trying to finish that off and release it tomorrow afternoon. So that's the goal right now anyways, but it is coming. So from there, we go over to new documentation. If you're using the E E100, ugh, the E100 electronic overload relay, uh, Rock will release a new tech data on that. That's uh, 28 pages long. Um, they also released a lot of manuals on Magni Motion or Mage Motion. I don't know how to say that. But, and I don't even know what the product is, but if you're using, I'll just go with Magni Motion this morning. Um, they have a, a new manual on Glossary of Terms. They have a 400-page manual on Ethernet IP communication protocol. And they had some other manuals too, which I'm not going to link to. But uh, if you're using that product from Rockwell, check that out. And uh, over on Emerson, they had some uh, new manuals out on the PD100 and PD200. So I'll include links to those as well. Those are smart valve positioners. Okay, so if you didn't know. And from there, we had a new manual from Omron come out. It's on their NYP industrial panel PC. So if you're using those, you may want to grab the latest manual for that. Now, in our other science and technology section, I did want to talk to you about two, two articles I found over IEEE triple E Spectrum. And uh, the first one talks about lithium. Now, we've talked on the show how lithium, while it, it does a great job powering our phones and powering our laptops, it's really expensive to, to power a car. I mean, these, you've seen the batteries that go in electric cars and $20,000 or more in the price of those electric cars are the lithium batteries. And when you're mining at that type of scale, uh, the environmental concerns, the social concerns, you know, how workers are treated, um, really become a big concern. And so in this article, I learned some things. Um, number one, they're saying that the, in the aquifer or the reservoirs underneath um, Argentina, Bolivia, and Chile hold three quarters of the world's lithium, they think. And so the way, how do they extract it? They pump the water to the surface. They drain, drain those under, underground reservoirs. They pump it to the surface. They let it dry. And then they get like a, a salt. And in that salt is some lithium and then a bunch of waste products they throw away. Not very good. Um, so this article talks about the, how a new idea they had is to try to extract it, like pump the water out, extract only the lithium, and send everything back underneath the ground, back into the reservoir. So it seems like a good idea, but I think it does highlight the challenges of lithium and why so many people are working on so many new battery technologies. And we've covered many of those on the show already, and we'll continue to cover them. But the on the other side of things, you know, we were talking about hydrogen. We're talking about hydrogen a lot. And uh, just because there's a lot of articles out about it. And I think people are realizing that, hey, you know, with all the problems and the expense of lithium batteries, there may be a better solution, right? And so a lot of people are talking about hydrogen, right? And we, we've talked in the past that you guys are probably tired of hearing me say this, but, you know, hydrogen burns 100% um, clean, right? You can run it through an industrial an, an internal combustion engine or a fuel cell. It doesn't matter. You'll get electricity and it will be, your waste product will be water. But there's a, you know, there's a lot of expense of transporting hydrogen because you need some pretty big buff, buff, uh, buffy, big and buffy tanks. And uh, the tank technology is great. They don't explode. You can shoot them. You can C4 them. They don't explode. But uh, in any case, um, you know, P 
people are used to storing gasoline, right? That's what we've been doing for over 100 years. So a lot of people have been looking at how we can store hydrogen as something else. We talked about, earlier we talked about ammonia. Here they're talking about, um, what is it, methane? Methanol. Methanol. So here we're talking about methanol, and I thought this was very interesting. So they, they uh, split water into hydrogen and oxygen, right? So you get, that's how you get your hydrogen in many cases. And then, so they could store it easily, they combine the hydrogen with carbon dioxide, right? And that gives them methanol. And now they can store methanol just like they normally store it. I mean, methanol is used widely, in, at least in the U.S. And then, um, um, you know, it could be stored in the tank of a car, right? It could be shipped from one place to another. Then when they're ready to use the hydrogen again, they split the, um, in this case, they actually burn the methanol. And that does uh, consume the hydrogen, but it also releases carbon dioxide. But that carbon dioxide is then every ounce of it is then, every gram of it is then <laughs> reused to uh, be recombined with the hydrogen to make more methanol. So it's a closed loop system. You're not releasing new CO2. You're actually using it, combining it with hydrogen to make the methanol, burning the methanol, and then releasing the CO2 to be used again in this process. So I thought this was very interesting. I'm sorry I belabored the point so long, but um, hopefully those of you who are listening understand what I'm saying. And I just thought it was a very interesting article, so I wanted to share it with you this morning. And with that, I want to thank Siemens for sponsoring this episode and making it ad-free. Really appreciate that. And uh, also, if you think I missed any news today, please use the Submit News Tip link to send us in what news you think I missed. You can also use the TalkBack link to send us in your own thoughts and opinions. Um, I do want to thank, uh, we had a couple new people follow us over at automation.locals.com. That's our community. Uh, overnight, and uh, we did have some back and forth with the community about migrating from PLC5s to control logic. So, if you want to add anything to that, please feel free to. And uh, also, want to thank everybody who went over to the automationblog.com and picked up one of my uh, one of my ebooks, or one of my content collections, or one of my coffee cups or T-shirts. Really appreciate you guys. We take all the we take all the profits and we pour it right back into the site and show. And from there, just a reminder now, all right, yesterday I didn't get the links up until I think it was 6.30, 7 o'clock. But in any case, every day I get the, all the links of everything I covered up at the automate.news website. So that's automate.news. There's no www, there's no .com. And again, you can see the links if you want to sign up for a Siemens uh, seminar. That really, you know, by using our link, it really shows them that we, um, that their advertising dollars with us help drive some attendance to their event. Again, you can watch it live. You can watch it after the fact. It would be great if you could show up for at least one session live. Um, you know, my session's at 9 and 2, I think. So in any case, trends in industrial automation. So uh, with that, I want to thank you all for tuning in this morning. We got it done at 7.58. So we uh, finished the show before your work starts if you're on the East Coast and you start at 8. So I probably shouldn't say that because a lot of people don't live on the East Coast and don't start at 8. But in any case, I know a lot of you actually watch after the fact, too. So I hope you have an awesome November 1st. And I want to encourage you all to stay courageous and stay fearless, always. And until next time, my friends, peace.